Welcome to Ideas, Ideas While High podcast, where we share creative aha idea moments from entrepreneurs who are successfully navigating the business world and give you practical steps to help bring your great idea to life. I'm your host, Mary Latrice. Let's chop it up. Who said Puff Puff Pass was canceled? Listen, I know being a stoner in 2020 has been interesting, to say the least, with this pandemic. But The Chillstone by JTT Accessories is here to help. The Chillstone is a premium hand-blown glass joint holder and one hitter too. It's reusable, easy to clean, hypoallergenic, and a natural filter. But most importantly, it's sanitary. Simply insert your joint for a snug fit and enjoy. It fits standard cigarettes, joints, blunts, with or without filters. Get yourself a chillstone today at jttip.com or check them out on Instagram at jttaccessories. In 2020, let's pass joints, not germs, with the chillstone. All right. Today, guys, I'm joined by Rochelle Lynn, content strategist and copywriter who was at the forefront in helping cannabis brands normalize and decriminalize conversations around cannabis. I like to refer to her as the cannabis content queen. Welcome to Ideas. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Okay. So what was your first experience with plant medicine? Do you have any funny stories to share around your first experience? Yeah. I remember my first time consuming in college and that probably was definitely, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was definitely the very first time I'd ever smoked weed and We were smoking what was supposed to be purple haze. And I say what was supposed to be because like who knew what we were really smoking in the early 2000s. And I just remember being super paranoid. I thought people were coming out the bushes. I was like, (laughs) I was was tripping. That was my first experience. And I have to be honest and say that I don't think that like, I don't want to say because of that experience, it would be like years again before I would revisit cannabis. Okay. So you were kind of like, eh, I don't know about this. Like, did it kind of turn you off to it? I don't know that it necessarily turned me off, but it didn't give me any incentive to be like interested in it anymore. Like I'm really a person Mm -hmm. who like, if I feel like I like something, I'll keep doing it. Some people would say I may have an addictive personality. It just wasn't anything that I was like, I was like, oh, okay, well that was that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, experience check. Yeah. And so you said it wasn't until a couple of years later when you decided to just try it again. Yeah. And you had a better experience. I did. I had a much better experience. I did. I think it was because like I really was consuming it with people who were really at, you know, really my true circle of friends, like connected to these people in that way, in a good, healthy setting. I think a lot of that plays a part in your initial experiences with consuming cannabis or anything that's not over the counter or prescribed. Absolutely. Now, before you started your company, you have a digital marketing background. Is that what you studied? I didn't necessarily study that. I'm actually a former educator. So I, I like to tell people, I feel like I've lived like nine lives. Initially, I went to college for journalism. Okay. And 
went through, completed that program, but I just was really super competitive. I just didn't want to be competitive all the time. So Mm -hmm. When I got out of school, I worked for the Maryland General Assembly, and I thought I wanted to be a lobbyist for a while. And eventually, I just kind of fell into education, and it really was my true passion. I always loved reading and writing, so um, I became an English teacher. And from then, um, my career just continued to transition until I just walked away from the traditional nine-to-five altogether and started my business. When I launched my business, um, of course, it was a digital business. And so I really was concentrating on supporting digital entrepreneurs. Okay. Okay. So this all makes sense now. Now, (laughs) when I first reached out to you for your services, I was just doing my little digging little background and it's not up there anymore, but if you want to touch on it, you have started a, can I call it a dating blog? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) uh, That I was so intrigued with and so (laughs) impressed that you would just allow yourself to be that vulnerable and put it out there like that. Can you tell us about like what made you want to start that? Yeah, dating just sucked. It was right when I turned 30 and I was in a situationship, just call it what it is. I was in a situationship for like two and a half, three years and it just ended terribly. And I, I very much disliked him. I hated him honestly. And all of that had fallen apart. Some other things were going on personally. And so I moved from DC to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and that was a huge culture shock. Wow! Um, I wanted to get into the world of dating. You know, I just wanted to see what the options were. At that time, I was like super pressed. Like, I can't be single. I need to get married. (laughs) What is happening here? Like I'm 30, I'm black. They say I'm never going to get married. Man. (laughs) <laughs> I hate that they do that to us. Yeah, like, all my really friends is going me. through it. <laughs> I was fair. like feeling the pressure for certain. And so I started like online dating and it was trash. It was honest to goodness trash. And I didn't feel like at that time, I didn't think there were a lot of um, black women my age who were just being candidly honest about it. And so I just started talking about my dates and that whole experience. It was a fun time. <laughs> okay. So your journalism skills kind of definitely came oh, in pull that together. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. All right. That's cool. So can you share your story besides your decision to start your own company? Like what were you doing right before you were like, all right, shit, this is what I'm going to do. And what did you do immediately during? I've been in business for a while. I don't know that people always necessarily understand that. I just shifted mm. to cannabis in the last two years, but okay, you know, people just always told me that I was, you know, I'm just really great when it comes to creating at that time. It wasn't like in 2007, 2008, it wasn't, oh, you're great at creating content. It was like, you're really great with words. You just really think about things in a big picture kind of way. And like, you're a really great leader. It was kind of like that. And I didn't like the job that I was in. I ended up getting laid off. This is like when the economy tanked. So 2008, 2009. Ended up getting laid off. And I was like, well, there's just a few things that I like to do. I like at the time decorating. I was doing some freelance makeup and I was a great writer. So I was like, well, I'll just start blogging. And I started blogging 
coincidentally, not even coincidentally, it was a beauty blog. And so initially my experience was all in the beauty industry. I thought I wanted to be a full-time makeup artist. That's how I was going to, I was planning to transition out of education. Wow. And so like clients ended up coming to me some kind of way. I, you know, people would just send people to me and I was like, okay, well, I'm really going to go ahead and pursue this thing. And because I was in that beauty world, I worked with a lot of beauty bloggers and some like huge beauty bloggers now back when they were just starting. And so that was really how I built the business. Okay. All right. So how did you decide on the name? Did you know right away? I'm just going to name it after myself. So Rochelle Lynn happened in April 2019 is when the Rochelle Lynn brand was born. So I always had the business. It was prior to that. It was called Creatively Yours. Okay. Um, And so really the Rochelle Lynn brand was birthed because Creatively Yours was dying, literally. I was very much interested in cannabis and I was even doing some consulting work for individuals behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Um, I was very much hiding it on the forefront. I was hiding it from my family. I was hiding it from the public in terms of my social media, wouldn't talk about it, wouldn't touch it. And, you know, as I felt like the walls were closing in on Creatively Yours, I was ready to just shut the whole business down. I remember just, it was the week of 420 (laughs) and I woke up and I really just went to Netflix and grass is greener was on. And I remember sitting down at our kitchen Island and we were preparing to move to Los Angeles. Anyway, I think a lot of people, you know, people who know me think, Oh, well you moved to LA. Like it was a lateral move. I had no, I like, I didn't even connect. You're moving to LA, duh, cannabis. Yeah. So it was just watching the documentary and I went to sleep that night and I woke up the next morning and I like, it was just like, I heard a voice that said, go wipe your whole Instagram, change the whole business concept, do this cannabis thing. And that's what mm-hmm. I did. How was that transition for you? It wasn't like a slow transition. It was like, boom, I'm doing it. <laughs> I just literally woke up and <laughs> everything on my whole entire Instagram, it took my website down. Yeah. Just on a whim. Okay. Now, did you start to slowly express to your family that you enjoyed cannabis? It wasn't even slow. To be honest with you, I ripped the bandaid off. (laughs) My boyfriend came home that day and I was like, hey, I'm just going to do this cannabis thing. And he had already known what was happening like behind the scenes with me um, already making those connections and and already doing some of that work. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Of course, he was fully supportive of that. And family, I was just like, you know, they're either going to get with it or they're not. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. this is what I'm going to do. So how has your consumption evolved since you first started consuming again after that period where you stopped for those couple years? Yeah, it's evolved so, so much. I think it's evolved from just an overall knowledge point of view. I know so much more about the plant. I respect it so much more. I think even how I consume has changed. I'm much more intentional about it. I'm much more intentional about the flower that I consume. You know, is it organic? Who grew it? You know, is it sustainably sourced? What am I rolling this with? I'm much more intentional about how I use it because I respect the flower so much more because I've seen it do so much for people Mm -hmm. like it's medicine 
it is medicine. Absolutely. Now, do you still prefer flour? Are you into edibles, tincture? I'm always going to be flour girl, like till the day I die. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I do other consumption methods, but is yeah, I'm all just me and flour. <laughs> right? Like I picture myself 80 years old. If I can, I'm still smoking. <laughs> like, yeah, for sure. Why wouldn't uh, would yeah. we? I'll do an edible here and there it takes too long I don't ever feel like I can control that high and mm. never and then microdosing it's not fun for me because like if I might you know it's like if I'm microdosing the right way I'm probably not really going to feel the effects uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so um, yeah tinctures I do a good tincture especially at night I'm more of a CBD tincture kind of girl but I do have some THC ones that I like mm. not too big on vaping mm-hmm. so yeah I mean, a microdose for me is maybe like three puffs and then I have to walk away because I think inherently I know that I can consume more, but it's like, all right, if I'm just really trying to just take a little edge off and then a little three puffs and go and then I'm good. That's the only type of microdose that I can do when it comes to cannabis because I used to go ham, I used to go all in. And so like you Again, I'm more intentional uh, with it and definitely take into account, okay, what are you about to do after you're, after you're going to smoke this? Like, let's be honest. It's going to take me like two hours to order groceries sometimes <laughs> when I smoke too much. Yeah. Um, okay. So do you have any rituals around your consumption now? I do a lot of goddess baths in consumption so mm-hmm. a lot of times I'll do like these spiritual goddess baths and um, consume then I like to also put my um, flower on my altar just let it charge with those good intentions so when I'm there at my altar and praying and you know mm-hmm. it's getting all of that magnetic wonderful energy and every now and then I'll take my papers and write an affirmation on them. Not all the time. So I wouldn't really say that's ritual, but it's something that I do probably need to incorporate into my ritual more. But certainly when it's around bath time and it's always on my altar. I love that. I love that. And you mentioned, you know, putting your flower on the altar as well. And that first came up for me even I haven't even thought of putting flour on the altar, even for, you know, our ancestors. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, they might want some too. Like, <laughs> stop being stingy, bitch. No, sorry. <laughs> All right. I thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So what are you doing these days to keep your spirits up, to keep your vibes high? Um, I just, I have a good circle of friends. Mm-hmm. And so, I think that that helps, even though, you know, I call us the quarantine crew, been just like us six. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And we've been intentional about that. Just trying to break up my day as much as I can, try to have some type of schedule, reading a lot, and really just taking breaks and learning how to rest. That Mm -hmm. is learning how to rest has really helped me keep some sanity. Even if it's, you know, I'm not someone who has to always be watching TV. I need to listen to something. All, I need to be hearing something all the time, mm-hmm. but I just, you know, been chilling. Well, that's good. Well, you definitely keep me inspired on the exercise front. Cause I, I, I'd be so lazy. <laughs> and I look at your story. I'm like, all right, get up. Time to work out. So cool. All right. Yeah. Um, what'd you say? 
It's a lot. I skipped my workout today. So, you know, it's a work in progress. For sure. Always. So as a business owner starting off, what did you struggle with when you made that transition into this market? Hmm. I think because I already really understood the digital market and I had really been doing the work to make cannabis connections before being front facing. I think most of it was me. It was, it was the work was me. I had to get past my perfection paralysis. I really had to be consistent. So I think from the time that I made that switch there was just a year, I really went hard for an, an entire year, maybe a year and a half. So I'll say from June, 2019 until the end of last year, I worked my butt off. Mm-hmm. So all of my challenges were internal. Rochelle, okay. show up when you don't want to show up, you know, don't worry about what other people are going to think. Like, it's okay if you don't have 10,000 followers yet. Mm-hmm. It's all right. If it's not perfect, it's okay. Like if you can't run an ad yet, all of that stuff I had to overcome in myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that stuff is hard. Giving ourselves enough grace, looking at what we have accomplished can definitely be hard. I will say maybe just overall in business, and I think it's just like I'm really acting on it now, is we oftentimes have so many ideas that we allow to lay dormant because we tell ourselves that either no one would like it or it's going to take too much Um, and what I've been doing really in this last month is just doing it. (laughs) Like, Mm. like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's good. It's not perfect. It didn't have the graphic design on it that I wanted. Maybe I wasn't able to, you know, Mm -hmm. add a particular section that I wanted to, but it's done. It's good. It's valuable. Mm -hmm. Um, progress, not perfection. Yeah. Just moving, just moving efficiently and effectively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just taking that first leap makes all the difference in getting over that that fear, for sure. What's one thing you've learned in this business so far? What advice would you give as a business owner? To brand yourself. It doesn't matter if you have a product or a service, if you are going to be part of a partnership, brand yourself. Brand your brand, but also brand yourself, because at the end of the day, you might want to sell that brand. You might take on a partner with that brand, but you always are going to have yourself. You're always going to be able to create opportunities for yourself. So Hmm. brand yourself. That's awesome. I love that. Has your vision and mission evolved since you started? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the vision has expanded in terms of the vision hasn't gotten smaller. It's only gotten bigger. And I think my approach has changed. I used to think, oh, solopreneurship is great. Not that it's not great, but I think I used to think is one person. And now I understand how important it is to partner and collaborate with people, not just on like, you know, projects and campaigns, but really on business and and growth. And I think also just learning, you know, now I, I think, five, six years ago, I would have told you to build a business and work in that business. Now I would tell you to build the business, get it to a great valuation, sell it. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? I think one of the things I'm most proud of is being, I think my lens has been more fine-tuned on true business that will help others build 
lasting legacies so that we have something to leave behind for our communities. And I'm excited to be able to share that knowledge and that strategy, that how-to with other younger women in my community who want to do the same for themselves and their families. I love that. I love that. At what moment did you realize you were walking in your purpose? Uh, The day was June 10th, 2019. And that was the day that we moved here to Los Angeles. And I just remember walking out on our balcony and it was just a feeling like your home. Like this is what, like, I really felt like this was where I was supposed to be in life. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think life has continued to show me that this is my place Mm -hmm. in the world. Yeah. So you're on your path. (laughs) You're always on your path. (laughs) On your path. What advice would you give to your younger self? Oh, man. To be okay with being weird, to be okay with being different, that it it would all pay off. Yes. Yes. That unique authenticity. Yes. I love, and I feel like weird has such a negative connotation. No, mm-hmm. I love it. The weirder, the better. <laughs> be you. Absolutely. Yeah. What do you want your legacy to be? I want it to be vibrant and abundant with wealth. So I want to make sure that my children and their children and their children will never have a want financially. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that communities of color and people of color who want to enter the cannabis industry are able to do that. And so whatever that looks like in terms of endowment to continue those legacies for those businesses. And I want people to think of me as a good hearted, pure, energetic person who really added value to everyone that I came in contact with. Like, I don't ever want anyone to have an experience with me and they walk away and feel like they didn't learn something or feel like, damn, she's dope. Like just her energy's dope. Like I just like to be in that space with her. I just want to make people feel good. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you're definitely doing that. And I mean, when I first talked to you, you mentioned wanting to help other people build their legacies which I think is so important. And the fact that you started off as, I have so much respect for teachers. <laughs> of all, the fact that you started off as a teacher, I have so much respect for, because that takes a lot as well. Mm-hmm. Um, well that's dope. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything new and exciting you want us to know about? So it's probably just, you know, just get used to hearing this name, you know, that's, <laughs> that's a humble brag, <laughs> but um, just really, really stepping it up this year, really, really stepping it up. Like it's foot on next season for me. So mm. there's a lot of things that I'm not necessarily saying, I'm just kind yeah. of showing up with, but I think that you all, you know, my audience will definitely see a difference visually. So I'm, I've hired a creative director. Um, I have a publicist now. I, oh, um, I'm running ads. So really, really taking it to the next level. And one thing that I am, I can share is that I am building a community specifically for ancillary brands to be a part of my work. The cannabis industry is big and broad, Mm -hmm. um, but I have a special love for my ancillary brands. And I really want y'all to be able to build amazing brands that are here Mm -hmm. for a lifetime. So I'm excited to build out that space for that private community space and Mm -hmm. roll that out. Oh, Oh, and of course the conference, the conference will be back 
probably in August of this year, Higher Stakes Conference, which is uh, a digital conference for specifically for ancillary cannabis brands. Okay, awesome. And I will make sure to put all this information in the show notes as well. How can everyone reach you? You can find me everywhere on social at Rochelle Lynn, R-C-H-E-L-L-E-L-Y-N-N. And of course, email Rochelle, R-C-H-E-L-L-E at RochelleLynn.com. And then, oh, of course, hit me up on Superphone, which is my my <laughs> text community. Um, and you can text me there at 213-460-0780. Yes, it's me. Yes, I text back. Yes, I have real valuable conversations. <laughs> She does, guys. She really does. <laughs> okay, awesome. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I'm so excited about the ancillary platform or business, whatever you're doing with it. I'm excited <laughs> for it. I'm patiently waiting. Um, I really appreciate you and this wonderful conversation. Thank you. And I appreciate you and your chill sound. I've been <laughs> seeing the new design. So I'm going to log on and order some. But yeah, I'm, you know, just a moment to um, pat you on the back. Like you have just grown leaps and bounds. And so when I see other people shout you out and show you love, I'm always like, oh, I'm so happy for her. Thank you. And I appreciate it. I definitely wouldn't have gotten there without your help. So again, thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I'm beyond grateful for the opportunity to share these inspirational stories with you. If you are enjoying the podcast, please support, like, subscribe, and leave a review. Let me know your thoughts. Also share it with anyone you think could use a dose of inspiration. Last but not least, please follow me on social media. You can find me at high on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Stay high, stay creative, people. Prisoner Project is a nonprofit coalition of cannabis industry leaders, executives, and artists dedicated to bringing restorative justice to the cannabis industry. We here at Hideas wholeheartedly support their values and believe that anyone profiting from the legal cannabis industry has a moral imperative to work towards restorative justice. No one, I repeat, no one should be in jail suffering from the war on drugs which disproportionately impacts communities of color. Want to get involved? Here are some ways. Follow them on social media, subscribe to their newsletter, volunteer, donate, or join the letter writing program. Please find links to their page in the show notes.